Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. Today's episode is very exciting because the playoffs are finally here. We got wildcard weekend coming up, a lot of really exciting matchups. So excited that the NFL season is coming to a close. Maybe not so excited because, you know, I love football. It's really hard when it's gone, but I love the playoffs, love the Super Bowl, love everything about it. It's going to be such a fun playoffs. I can really feel it. Wildcard weekend, a couple dull games, but mostly just the two and seven seeds, so I'll just cover those quickly. Um, once we get into this episode also with the regular season coming to a close that means draft orders have been set obviously probably not going to stay that way by the time draft day comes around there'll probably be some trades um, I'm hoping the Bears trade down because they secured the number one overall pick fuck yeah super stoked cannot believe the Texans were playing for absolutely nothing in fact fuck themselves over a pretty good amount by winning that game I like to think former head coach of the Bears, Lovey Smith, did that to help us out. Shout out Lovey Smith. And shout out that safety that absolutely botched that Hail Mary. Every fucking DB should know. Just bat the ball down in that scenario. Don't go for the pick. It's absolutely not worth it. Ends up being caught. They go for two. Get that as well. And next thing you know, the Bears end up with the number one overall pick. It was a really awesome video at Soldier Field. I don't know if you guys have seen this. If you haven't, go look it up. It's all the Bears fans at the game at Soldier Field this weekend, but they're watching the Texans game. And when the Texans win, the stadium fucking erupts. It's really goddamn cool. Bears haven't had the first overall pick since 1947 or something like that. We haven't been, you know, this absolute ass. And honestly, it was a masterful tanking job by Ryan Poles. Absolutely love what he did. And again, I really hope we trade down, get some more picks. This is a team that needs a whole lot of bullshit. But hey, I'm getting into this way too early. Let's get into this episode. I'll talk about the draft later on probably to finish out this episode and then of course we're going to talk about wildcard weekend all the matchups coming up this weekend first so let's get right into it before i keep rambling and this intro turns into a full episode all right catch you guys on the other side Alright, so obviously, like I said, I am a, uh, you guys know, I'm a Bears fan. We also hired Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren as our president and CEO today. Don't really know how I feel about that because, you know, he was one of the guys responsible for not, um, you know, not opening everything during COVID and not wanting these athletes to play. Justin Fields actually stood up. Um, I don't know directly against him, but more like his board, his decision. And then um, there were obviously, you know, the Big Ten and Justin Fields were, at odds with each other for a little bit so i'm not going to break down too much of that because this happened just this morning i don't know fully details i know he was a top exec at the minnesota vikings before but again i'm really not too opinionated about opinionated about this because as far as personnel decisions it's not like he's immediately making them brian poles and matt eberflus are there for the foreseeable future so again until this really affects things i'm not going to put too much emphasis or thought into it um i haven't quite done enough research in it so i'll, I'll talk about that in a later episode but let's just talk about Super Wild Card Weekend matchups first, and then we'll talk about the Bears and the number one overall pick, and just the draft in general a little bit later on. Uh, we're going to have tons of time before April to talk about that, so it's really not the emphasis of this episode. Uh, like I was saying, excuse me, in the intro, I'm just going to talk about briefly about getting the number one overall pick, what it might mean for other teams, what they might have to do to get a guy like a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud or Will Levis, whoever might come up to number one overall and grab one of those guys, because I really do think that will happen. But again, let's talk about that at the end of this episode. 
First, let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks versus the San Francisco 49ers. There's not too much to talk about here because, again, I don't think this is um, going to be that exciting of a game. I mean, I think the Seahawks know the 49ers well enough to where they can most likely keep it close. I mean, they're very familiar with this team, this offense. They're very familiar with Kyle Shanahan, what he wants to do, this defensive scheme as a whole. But just talent-wise, they're just so much more talented than the Seattle Seahawks. And keep in mind, the Seattle Seahawks is a team that, you know, no one was expecting to be here. So this is an absolute just massive win for the Seahawks in the first place that they made it to the playoffs in their first year in this quote-unquote rebuild that's really not looking like a rebuild rebuild at all it's looking like this team is competitive you know right after trading their franchise guy and getting all those picks to be competitive immediately and absolutely murdering their last draft just getting a ton of really amazing foundational pieces to you know grow and build off of as far as Tariq Wollen, Abraham Lucas, Charles Cross, Kenneth Walker. I mean, the list goes on. They absolutely killed it in this last draft. If they can do something similar in this upcoming draft, this team is going to be very competitive for a very long time to come. Obviously, I would expect them to extend Geno Smith. That's going to be a really big storyline going into this offseason. I've touched about that a little bit. But regardless, talking about this, this game and just this game right now because we all know the Seattle Seahawks season absolute W for them totally was not expecting that I don't think anyone was expecting that but me especially um you know if you were listening before the season I was very low on the Seahawks here they are playing for a playoff spot or excuse me not even playing for a playoff spot playing in the playoffs against their division rival um but to bring it all back down to earth a little bit and you know because they deserve their flowers they had an amazing season i think this is where it comes to an end i think the san francisco 49ers are just simply too dynamic too good um too talented for them keep in mind the last time these two teams meet i mccaffrey was not on the team yet so that adds a totally different dynamic that the seahawks you know it's really really hard to practice for a guy like that and just how much he can bring to an offense i hope that he doesn't get too much work in this game i don't like how many touches he's gotten some of these games there's been games where he's had 30 around 30 touches or so i think that's far too many i just want to see him stay healthy either way i don't think they'll need to rely on rely on him this much uh i like the seahawks to keep it within nine and a half points i cannot believe the spread is that high that feels just i mean i guess i can believe it right the niners are a really good football team they put up a lot of points each week um but i just think with how well seattle knows and i think Pete carroll knows this team excuse me i think Pete carroll is going to get these boys ready to play I really do think it's going to be a low-scoring competitive game. And I think Brock Purdy maybe comes back down to earth just a little bit. Um, I totally get why. There's all this hype behind Brock Purdy from Mr. Irrelevant to being undefeated to leading his team to the second seed. I mean, it's an incredible story, right? But I think he's due to regress just a little bit. I'm not saying that they can't win with him. And obviously, I think the 49ers are going to win this game. And they might even end up in the Super Bowl with him. But... I think they're slightly winning in spite of him, not because of him. And it's not like he's absolutely holding them back because he has made some really good plays. And I do think he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'm just terribly low on Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm, I do not like Jimmy Garoppolo at all as a whole. Um, but my point is, I think Seattle is going to be able to keep it a little closer than people think. I do think it's going to be a more entertaining game than people think. Um, and I'm just like really happy for the Seattle Seahawks being here. I think it's really cool. They deserve it. Geno Smith, obviously, having the best season of his career, going to be comeback player of the year. Um, a lot of swag on these two teams. I'll say that. A lot of just 
awesome fucking dope players with a lot of drip. Uh, love Debo Samuel. Love Brandon Ayuk. George Kittle. You know, he's... You, people people have their opinions about him, but you can't deny his talent. He's amazing. Trent Williams, obviously the best tackle in the NFL. So just a lot of talent on the field on this Saturday at 4.30 in San Francisco. Super excited to watch this one. Not too much to talk about here because, again, I think not that you can just completely write the Seahawks off or anything, but I really do think the 49ers are going to take care of business here. Up next, and this is probably the best game of the weekend in my opinion, or as far as I really don't know where to go with it. The Los Angeles Chargers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. As much as it hurts me to say it, I think Mike Williams being out in this one, and it sounds like he will be out in this one. Um, I think his status is currently doubtful for the game. I really do think that's going to hinder the Chargers' ability um, on offense, and I really do think that that's going to affect them greatly. They're currently sitting at 2.5-point favorites, which they deserve. I mean, they're the higher-ceiling team uh, as far as they, we've just seen more from them. They've beaten better opponents than Jacksonville, but Jacksonville just seems... Like they're really finding something good right now. I really love what this team has been doing for the last five or six weeks. Trevor Lawrence has been playing like one of the better quarterbacks in the entire league. Uh, Justin Herbert, obviously, we know how good he can be, but I just haven't seen him execute it. And it's, this isn't him. I shouldn't say him. I haven't seen his team, I should say. I haven't seen the Chargers um, because I think it's not... He can do it, but I haven't seen the Chargers win on the biggest stage. They always seem to come up just a little short in these playoff moments or, you know like situations like that just as a whole as a franchise they kind of tend to do that stuff and i'm not saying that jacksonville you know has a history of always coming up big in these types of games because they don't as well um you know don't have to look very far to, to sit you know no that's true but the thing is i've literally seen this exact chargers team with herbert with eckler with keenan be in big games and not be able to close it out. So I, I really worry about that. And the thing is, this Jacksonville team is a whole new regime of people. They don't even know what they don't know. And in a way, that's kind of help. It's that helps, excuse me. It's that like young, ignorant, cocky feel around this team that I really do like. And again, I really think Mike Williams being out is a really big deal to this Chargers team. He adds a whole new dynamic to their offense. He's just that explosive X factor that really seems to just give the team some juice when they really need it or just a big play he is that guy um and i really do think they're gonna miss him obviously keenan allen you know he did miss a lot of time this season him being playing in this one is gonna be very big that possession receiver that justin herbert can rely on he's gonna get a fuck ton of targets in this one with mike williams being out i don't know what his prop is set out for receptions right now but i would definitely be eyeing that if it's around like six and a half seven and a half i would probably be taking that over i have a feeling he's going to be get, getting a ton of targets um austin should also probably get a ton of rushing opportunities along the ground they've been kind of limited in him the last month i think that's intentional so if they did make the playoffs and obviously now they're here um they could really lean into him a little bit more but i just like Doug Peterson and what these guys are doing at home against this Los Angeles Chargers team that really can't defend the run. I really think the Chargers might be on upset alert for this one. And it really pains me to say that because obviously I want the Chargers to win this game. I really do. But putting all my bias aside and my objective, not subjective opinion, I really do think the Jacksonville Jaguars have a little bit of an advantage in this one. One thing I will say, the Chargers pass rush has been very active the last month. But I just think with how well Trevor Lawrence is playing, I think he's going to be able to negate that just enough. I think the Jags are going to run the ball effectively with Travis Etienne because we all know the Chargers run defense is awful, has been for some time now. 
And I think Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars at home are going to be able to do just enough without Mike Williams to outscore the Los Angeles Chargers. The over-under is definitely something I'm going to be looking at this game. I think this could be a very high-scoring game. It's at 47.5 points. That's definitely an over I'd be more you know inclined to take but i will say this when i was looking at my odds and i was making parlays before this episode i took half my money and made a parlay with jacksonville and then made another parlay with los angeles in it because this has got to be the game that i'm just least certain in i think this is going to be the best game of the weekend and definitely the most more the more of the um what am i trying to say I was going to say more of the more unpredictable, but that just makes no fucking sense. Um, more unpredictable than some of the other games. I'll just leave it at that. I don't know why that took me so long to phrase. Up next, let's talk about Dolphins versus Bills. Again, do I really need to talk about this game? Not fucking really. Um, Buffalo is currently 13-point favorites. It really does suck to see some of these two and seven seeds. And that we saw this last year, too, but these seven seeds just almost never have a chance. But this feels like... The worst of the worst because Tua Tagovailoa obviously already ruled out in this one. I don't think it's going to be Ted, Teddy Bridgewater. It's probably going to be Skylar Thompson going into Buffalo to play Josh Allen. Um, and it's probably not going to be great weather either. So, man, this this game might get really, really fucking ugly. I'm not going to lie. Over under, currently sitting at 43.5 points. Already mentioned the spread at 13 points. I think you got to ride Buffalo. Um, spread, I think they're probably going to beat Miami by more than 13 points. I hope they don't. I'm going to be honest, I really hope they don't. I hope this is a closer game because I just don't want to see it end up this way. But I really don't think this is going to be a close game. I really don't know what else to say. I really wish Miami could have had a more fair shot. I wish Tua was healthy throughout this season because they probably would have gotten a higher seed than this. They maybe even would have won their division uh, at in the AFC East and then being able to you know host playoff games. That would have been a lot more entertaining. Um, just as far as storyline goes, obviously you never want to see a team crumble at the end of the season because of thing, something like an injury, um, especially to a quarterback. That's just you know something you never want to see as a fan. It doesn't matter if you don't like the team or anything like that. It's just it sucks to see it go down this way because you know that this team has a much higher ceiling than a 13 point spread against the Buffalo Bills and a seventh seed. Honestly, they they like we all know how well they were playing at parts during the season um, when Tua was playing. So it sucks to see this happen, but hey. That's, that's sports, that's football, as much as it sucks, and we just got to suck it up and enjoy, you know, the game, which I think the Buffalo Bills are going to handle very easily. So up next, let's talk about the Giants versus the Minnesota Vikings. Now, this is the second best game of the weekend to me. This is the other game that I think I don't know the best, but I really do think the Giants are going to go back to Minnesota and win this game. I just think that matchup wise they match up pretty damn well with the minnesota vikings i think they can do just enough to slow down dalvin cook in this run game which will definitely force uh kirk cousins and justin jefferson to be doing a lot more throughout the air and I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong i mean we've seen justin jefferson disappear at times throughout this game especially the last couple weeks he really has been really really quiet i expect them to have a pretty good game in this one i don't think they're going to lose because of that. I don't think that they're going to be able to slow down Justin Jefferson. I actually think Justin Jefferson's going to have a pretty good game, but they're going to lose anyways. And I think a lot of that just has to do with coaching. I really like Brian Dayball and Minnesota, although they have had some meltdown, total meltdown games and situations, um, they seem to always come through in the clutch. I don't think that's going to be the case in this one. I just think they're not going to be able to because the differences between these two teams, they're very similar, right? And I said this when they matched up a couple weeks ago. They're very, very good in the clutch. They're very, very good at just doing just enough to find 
ways to win games. But the problem is Minnesota, a lot of times, will put themselves in those situations with turnovers, with poor time management, with poor play calling, all that kind of stuff. Maybe not poor play calling. That's kind of a little bit bold. I I like their play calling a lot. But my point is they kind of find ways to put themselves in those scenarios where they need points quickly or need to catch up. Um, take the Colts game as a perfect example, right? That was just a total forced error on them. Uh, they did a bunch of mistakes in that game. And yeah, I mean, in some cases, you got to give the opposing team credit, right? Because, you know, they're forcing issues out of Minnesota. But this is a trend. We've seen Minnesota, uh, they've, they have a lot of turnovers as far as interceptions, um, good amount of fumbles, some turnover and downs and bad situations and just bad field position given up to opponents. So, but... The Giants don't do those types of things. They don't make a lot of mistakes on offense. Uh, Daniel Jones handles the ball really, really well, having the best year of his career, especially along the ground, really good rushing ability. They just don't tend to, you know, make many mistakes to themselves. I think that's going to be really critical in this game. And yeah, we just saw this two weeks ago. These these two teams are cardiac kings. Minnesota Vikings ended up winning off a last second field goal. I think it goes the other way this game. Uh, Minnesota currently sitting at three-point favorites. I definitely... I'm looking at giant spread slash money line. I think this is going to be an amazing game over under currently sitting at 48. Again, feel like that's pretty fair. Don't really know if I'd want to go near there, but I really do think that the Minnesota Vikings are going to have a first round exit after starting this year. So hot, you know, being one of the quote unquote chosen teams, um, to really say it's their year and they did have an incredible year, but it's been a roller coaster. They've got a terrible, terrible for their win record um, point differential i think this is all going to come back to bite them and i think the new york giants win their first playoff game since i don't even fucking know when the last time they made i know that the last time they made the playoffs was 2016 i don't think they won a game that playoffs i really don't know when the last time they won a playoff game was but good for the giants i really do think they're going to win this one and it's not like i'm extremely calm you can't say that with utmost confidence right either one of these teams you really can't say that with confidence but I just am not trusting this Minnesota Vikings team, and I love how well-coached the New York Giants are. I think they're going to do just enough, and they're going to find a way to win this game. That's my take. Let me know if that's shit. Seriously, I'm all, I'm all for it. Just hit me up if that's a shit take. All right, up next, Baltimore Ravens at Cincinnati Bengals. Again, just another kind of unfortunate game because it really feels like these two teams, like, obviously huge rivalry we know how well these teams know each other they play each other twice a year uh joe burrow has had some really really historically good games against the cincinnati Bengals, but as of right now we really don't know what's going to go on with lamar jackson i mean just reading their injury report um which is right here it said he didn't practice on wednesday um and today's thursday as i'm currently recording this i don't think i have any updates on the practice it's probably going on like right now so i'd probably know in a few hours which i mean by the time you're hearing this you could definitely look it up there's probably a lot more sure chance if he's going to be playing or not but the problem is even if he is playing what's to say he's going to be at 100 percent? he's missed a month with his knee injury he hasn't been practicing at all he's definitely going to be resting out of sync with his receivers and his reads and all that shit so again it's just even if he plays what are the odds you know that he's playing at all near his ceiling and this is just so crucial to him because he's a free agent obviously the the real the biggest storyline about this game because i think most people totally expect the Bengals to win in this one even with lamar playing just again because of the rustiness and him not playing and all that but the biggest storyline in this game is absolutely about his contract because as it sits right now roquan smith just got paid by the baltimore ravens five years 100 million dollars which is to me 
obscene. Just absolutely ridiculous money for an off-ball linebacker. Apparently, the Bears were trying to give him like a five-year, ninety-five million, so nineteen million a year as opposed to twenty. Um, really didn't get paid that much more at the Baltimore Ravens. I had a, fe- I have a feeling. Excuse me. He was probably asking for even more initially, but whatever. He got the the tag of highest paid linebacker in the league, so it probably you know. It was good enough for him, and I'm glad for good for him. You know, everyone deserves their money. I'm really glad he got paid. Um, don't get me wrong; it's not like I have any hard feelings for Roquan, but just where we were as a franchise, there's no fucking way in hell we could have paid an off-ball linebacker 19 to 20 million dollars a year. That was just not in the equation. So it makes me feel better as a fan. And as far as the Ravens go, it is a little bit strange of a move in my opinion i mean i get i he's an amazing player he's been playing really well in their system he's been playing better in baltimore than he was in chicago in my opinion in a lot of ways and in chicago he was one of the better linebackers in the league and baltimore there's just more talent around him so he gives him a little more opportunity to just um what's the word to just he just fits better, I guess. He's just He just looks better in that system because there's better stuff around him. But the problem is, when you're paying him that much, can you keep all those pieces around him? And I know the Baltimore Ravens are a team that tend to draft really well, especially, I mean, just defensively in general. They, they, they draft well, period, let's be honest. They just they, they do draft well. Um, so maybe that's what the thought process is. You know, pay your leader, get him in the center of your defense. He is a more, you know... He's a really good leader. He was a good leader for the Bears. I expect him to be a good leader for the Ravens for a long time. We know how much they love their linebackers. A lot of, you know, really legendary linebackers there. And they do draft really well, so maybe that's the game plan. But it does feel kind of weird paying a linebacker this much money when your franchise quarterback is also due for a contract. And I know he already turned down, I believe it was a $250 million deal with 133 guaranteed. Um, well, now with this injury, and especially more than likely that he's going to get whooped in this game, I don't know how that money can go up. It, it, a lot of people are really saying that he's, it sounds like he's going to be on the move with his contract extension. I still don't know what to believe. I mean, in the very minimum, they absolutely have to franchise tag him, but even with the franchise tag, he doesn't have to play on that. He could still go to another team, sign a deal with another team, so... A lot of people are connecting him to the Jets. I'm really not going to overreact about any of this, because I just don't know enough about it yet and i want to watch this game play out and see how this goes see how he looks see how his knee looks see how his health looks um i mean i am one and i've been saying this i think the ravens just absolutely have to pay him i almost think you don't have a choice because going back to the drawing board and the draft for a quarterback is just that's not fucking easy when you have a surefire thing in lamar jackson that was a, it, this never happens he's what 26 has already won an mvp um you these types of guys just don't hit free agency that's just not a thing so this would be a one in a million type thing that i don't think we'd ever see again i mean maybe not ever again but they're very very rare so when you see something like this you got to pay close attention to it because it's just unheard of and again i really don't know all the ins and outs of the baltimore ravens cap space and if they how well they can afford them over the next few years or whatever but i mean people are so good at manipulating the cap now that i really don't think that's too much of a concern they can definitely find ways to cut money or move around money maybe cut some players uh you know rework some contracts because i'm sure players would understand that a little bit if they have to rework their contract um in order to play with lamar jackson you know they're probably winning more with him anyways i'm sure they like him around um but again, this is just a really weird situation that I was definitely not expecting to happen. I, I mean, I did say this from the beginning that giving up what you give up for Roquan, you're pretty much put in a bind where you have to pay him. 
and I thought they were going to do that too, but I really thought that they were just going to pay both of them. And now there's all these stories coming out. Again, I really don't know what to make of it, so I'm not going to, you know, blow it out of proportion, but in my opinion, I think you absolutely have to pay Lamar Jackson. I don't think it's much of a choice. And I guess we'll see what they they end up doing in this one because again, I I really do think that Cincinnati Bengals are just gonna. I mean, they're not gonna steamroll them necessarily, but I do think they're gonna give them a pretty good ass whooping. Um, I hope they don't. I hope I'm wrong about this one again. But yeah, Joe Burrow is just getting this thing rolling. The Cincinnati Bengals, one of the hottest league, one of the hottest teams in the league. Excuse me. Um, if you've been listening for the last month, you know that I said they were really sneaky about stealing the number one seed. Um, you know, if none of that awful stuff goes on with Lamar Hamlin, maybe they are the number one seed right now. But, hey, can't complain at all. Um, just glad DeMar's all right and everything's going a lot better there. So, regardless, the Cincinnati Bengals, one of my favorite teams in the NFL. They definitely take care of business against the Baltimore Ravens. Up next, again, this is another really, really great game. Um, the Dallas Cowboys going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously have a losing record this year, probably not deserving, actually definitely not deserving, of a home playoff game in this one. But, hey, Tom Brady back in the playoffs, even if you know he has arguably the worst team in the entire playoff picture right now, which is probably not true, but definitely could make an argument for it. Um, Tampa Bay is currently sitting at 2.5-point underdogs at home. I feel like that's definitely a fair spread as well. But, call me crazy, and I know he is not having a good year by any means, and this team really hasn't been able to get it together in a lot of ways. I really like Tampa in this one. I think Tom Brady in the playoffs, I think these players feel the pressure, they feel the legacy, they feel that Tom Brady might be on the move. They know that this might be their last shot ever to play with him. I think they rally around that fact, and I really do think their defense picks it up a little bit in this one. Dallas's offense has been so, and I mean so all over the place this season. Sometimes it looks like one of the most explosive, best offenses in the league when Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott are really in full force. I really think that's the difference in this game. Um, if those guys can get going and just limit what Dak has to do, because Dak, it, he really has not been playing well this season. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not the biggest Dak hater, I guess you can say. I'm, I was pretty for Dak. I'm, I'm a Dak advocate, I guess you could say, at times. I really do like him in a lot of ways. I still love him as a person, don't get me wrong, but this season has been really rough for him. Leading the league in interceptions despite missing like four or five games, whatever it was, and a lot of really, really bad timed interceptions. That Washington game was really ugly. Dallas played all their starters and still lost to a rookie quarterback that was taken in, what, like the fifth round this year? in Washington, so really ugly stuff there. They've had a few games where their offense has just completely disappeared. Um, I really don't like the way their momentum is going into this game and how they're coming in. Um, and I, not that I like the Buccaneers, not that the Buccaneers even have any momentum or anything like that, but I just trust Tom Brady. I've seen it too many times. I've seen the Dallas Cowboys go into the playoffs and choke way too many times, and I've seen Tom Brady, when he's counted out, win too many of these games. I've seen it too many times. I'm not going to do it. If I take the the Bucks here and the, the Cowboys end up winning, I can fucking live with that, right? They're a more talented team. They're probably a little better coached. They've looked better consistently throughout this year, but they've also been pretty inconsistent at a lot of times. They either look really, really good or they completely disappear. And I think they're going to have a really good defensive plan to go against Tom Brady, but I just think Tom Brady's too good. 
I think he's too smart. I think he's seen this too many times. I think these players know exactly what's on the line. And I really think they're going to come out balls to the wall. And I think they're going to prove that, you know, they're not dead yet. And I think they're going to beat the Dallas Cowboys at home. Let me know if that's a hot take. I don't really know. I'm going to pause this really quick, get a drink of water because I'm fucking thirsty. And let's talk about the number one overall pick a little bit more. I know I already covered it a shit ton, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. So let's just talk about the overall draft. I'll say that. Let's talk. I'm, I mean, let's be honest. It's mostly going to be talking about the number one overall pick and who's going to be able to trade for it because that should be the storyline of the of the whole draft right now. Even if I am a Bears fan, everyone's talking about it. So fuck it. I'm going to give my opinion and I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. We got water. Take a take a good old gulp before we get into it. <sighs> yep. Okay. Obviously, Bears have number one overall pick because you know Lovey Smith is him. Um, Bears. Hopefully, we don't we're not going for quarterback. Obviously, Ryan Poles came out and said he would have to absolutely. Well, it was something like he'd have to absolutely be blown away. Some quote like that. I don't expect that to be the move. I mentioned this earlier, but I really do hope we trade down in this game. I think the most vi- viable option for trade down, excuse me. Oh my God! I think the most valuable option, value, <laughs> viable. My God, I can't say that fucking word. Is the Colts, and I'm saying that because you can still move down only three spots, right? Not that far. They're going to want to jump the Texans, who are obviously their division rivals. They don't want them getting the quarterback before they do. They want their first choice. And the thing is that we're really going to see here, and the reason why I'm saying the Colts, is because preferably I'd want to have one of these premier players in this draft. And I think that is Jalen Carter, Ware Anderson, these quarterbacks. And then there's a couple more like blue-chip guys, like Michael Mayer. I think Skaronsky um, from Northwestern is one of these guys. Bijan Robinson. But... I mean, I guess I wouldn't mind Skaronsky at four, but I really would prefer a more of an impact guy. And I do like some of our pieces along our offensive line. I like Larry Borum. I like Tevin Jenkins. I like a few. Damn. Damn, sorry about that. That car is fucking loud. Yo, where is that coming from? Damn. Sorry. Holy fuck. Um, that car made me lose my train of thought. Oh, yeah, I really wouldn't mind one of these blue chip guys like a Skaronsky or something like that, but if we had to trade down farther than that, like, that's not the worst thing in the world. But I just think our team is so bad, and I think these guys like Jalen Carter and Will Anderson are so good, and I really think we can go to four and still get one of those guys because, in theory, hear me out, and now there's music coming from the fucking car. God damn it. I'm going to pause this really quick. Fuck. <laughs> All right. What I was trying to say is that, think about it this way. So... Bears obviously have one, Houston at two, Cardinals at three, Colts at four. If the Colts trade up to one, they get a quarterback, let's say Bryce Young, the Texans stay put, let's say they get Stroud or Levis or whoever, the Cardinals definitely will not be getting quarterback because they have Kyler Murray, right? So they're more than likely either going to get Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, or maybe Skaronsky, but I doubt it. I would say Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. That still leaves the Bears at four with a Carter or an Anderson. You know how okay with that I would be? I would be so ecstatic just to get get some extra picks because here's the thing. And here's what I was trying to kind of trying to say before that car so rudely interrupted me is that more than likely there's going to be a bid war that breaks out. Cuz the thing is, yes, people have been talking about the Texans might just jump up one spot and beat out the Colts of that number 1 overall pick. But the difference is, yes, you're only moving up one spot. You might not think that would cost very much. 
But the Colts would be willing to give up much more to move up from four. So it's going to turn into a bidding war. Who can give us the better offer? I have a feeling that the Bears are going to be getting calls from teams like the Texans, the Colts. If I had to guess, probably the Raiders and probably either the Falcons or the Panthers. Um, I feel like those two are a little bit of a stretch, but I could definitely see them doing that. They're a little bit further down, and that's more in the range of getting someone like a Quinton Johnson or uh, I don't know who else might be around there. Devin Witherspoon type range which i'd be you know i'd be pretty fine with both of those guys if skaronsky was there obviously i would love to take him first before those two but i i doubt he'd make it to seven maybe seven i doubt he'd make it to nine my point is i'm getting a little distracted is that these teams are going to be competing against one 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 another it's not going to come down to how far you have to move up and traditionally yes you have to give up less if you want to move further up but i really think that this is such a premium spot to get a Bryce Young who just might turn your franchise around that these teams are going to be competing for huge amounts of draft capital which is if you're a Bears fan like me you have to be so fucking excited about because this is obviously a team that needs a whole lot they're missing a shit ton across the roster we hope that we have the quarterback figured out but other than that I mean there's just so much that this team needs to figure out so drafting more or excuse me getting more draft capital is exactly what this team needs just again mike florio says it perfect on pft just more lottery tickets to scratch off more you know possible you know win big prizes and i really do think the chicago bears will trade down in this one and get a good amount of compensation for it because even if it's the houston texans they've got to outbid the colts and they've got to outbid the raiders and they've got to outbid the the panthers and all of this so again i'm not going to get into it too much this episode because draft season there's plenty of time to talk about all this there's going to be way more trades people are going to be switching spots in the draft people might be trading up before the draft starts people might do it during the draft so again there's tons of time to cover all this um I love the NFL draft. I absolutely love evaluating players. I had a super fun time getting into it last year. I got super fucking into it last year. I ranked nearly every position. I talked about a shit ton of prospects. I talked about probably like 100 plus prospects. Um, So I'm going to be doing something very similar this year on this podcast. I'm probably not going to be taking a break after the Super Bowl like I did last year. I took a little bit of a break. Probably not going to be doing that. Probably just going to be focusing more on the NBA and NFL offseason. Honestly, more than likely, I might take a break like this summer on this podcast, but I'm probably going to be doing this like all year round for, you know, the indefinite future. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. That's going to be it for me today. Um, If you did and you're looking forward to Wildcard Weekend, be sure to follow this podcast at Spotify on Spotify, excuse me, at Murphy's League. Be sure to follow my Instagram at Murphy's League. I appreciate each and every single one of y'all tuning in and go Bears.